welcome to Inside the Control Room, Off the Air. I'm your guest host, Chris Burgos, and uh, today we are talking about uh, uh, an episode that was a little requested, uh, that we're going to dub something that I would consider the black hole of production. Uh, which is an episode where we're going to talk about how we got our starts. But before we get into that, I'd like to introduce uh, the uh, two uh, members of the podcast, uh, starting with you, Samantha Torres. Hey, guys. Sam, uh, I wanted to just prompt you really quickly with a quick question. What is something uh, positive that came out of the last week? Out of the last week? Yeah. Production anything, of... Anything. Something just positive. This w- past week uh i got more work on my calendar you know last time we talked about how for 2020 i have that anxiety of like is my calendar empty is it is it full and for january it was looking a little empty and now i'm like all right i'm okay (laughs) that's always a great thing to hear uh and uh also joining us here is uh another one of the members of the podcast jose burgos hello uh uh, same to do qu- another episode. Same question. I mean, this is your guys' stuff. I'm guest hosting. So, uh, same question. What's something positive that came out of last week? Positive out of last week. Uh, training is ramping up. Getting a lot more requests for trainings. Yeah, yeah training is growing up. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that you guys, we, we did a little bit of work in the studio. The table's painted. <laughs> huh? We did a little yeah. bit of work on the green screen behind us. We opened the studio up a little bit. And to and- that, we should... Uh, Cheers. Yeah. Uh, we are drinking another carton brew. This is uh, Newark to Miami. And uh, cheers to that, guys. Okay. Get a little. Cheers. Spilling on the tech. That's always good, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you probably, the best way you'll see the better use of the green screen is you won't see the green screen. But right. now that I'm yeah, saying this, have, maybe I'll pop it in. Yeah, we should have yeah. everything set up in a, in a virtual <laughs> environment. Uh, so I, we were asked a lot about, you know, we, we had a, the first couple episodes for people who sort of maybe follow what we do. But for those who don't follow what we do, I wanted to have a conversation with you guys about, uh, you know, how did you guys get your starts? And so, Sam, I'll start with you uh, in, in strictly in, the, in, in just the start of doing the kind of work. What was what was that initial point for you? Uh, so for this kind of work in particular, I've only been doing it for about two years now. Right. Um, I was kind of in the social media world, social media management, and all of that. And a lot of companies and brands are starting to do like kind of live hits and live Q&As with athletes um, and other things like that. And so I kind of started getting interested in it. And, you know, some circumstances happened and I found myself unemployed. <laughs> okay. Um, and unemployed or, fu- or fun employed? No, unemployed. Okay, unemployed. Not okay. fun. Not okay. fun at all. Uh, uh, but knowing Jose, I you know was able to come into this studio and learn a little and just kind of watch and just kind of be on set. Um, and once I finally got to a live event and I was there, kind of the rush of things kind of like sucked me in. <laughs> yeah, did the, I think we had this conversation. Um, you were over the house one day and we were sitting down for dinner. And um, he, had, he was just casually talking to you about what the work was and and the reason why we named named this black hole and i was like sam this is this is like the production black hole if you fly too close to it you'll get sucked in just like a real black hole just like sucks everything in (laughs) absolutely you know we 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 tend to get people involved when when we see they have the ability to do so 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 i i I warned you then (laughs) but but you've taken this step so so i want to ask some questions just with your starting Uh, um we talk about social media 
Um, I use the word fun employed. That's a very contemporary, like millennial term for when you actually choose to lose, like you choose to leave a job and yeah. you're, and you're waiting to find something better. Um, what, you know, how do you think that viewpoint is, is different than say from someone like Jose who's going to have a ton of experience in this or have been around this stuff for a lot longer. What are the things like getting into this? What are you looking at? initially I, I know a little bit of this but i want you to tell your story about like things with like instagram and like getting to things to social media because that is your your immediate background and crossing it over into here yeah absolutely i think i have a little bit more of that um new age modern like production kind of point of view because for me it was coming from social media right like people were going live on twitter and Instagram Live had just started to become a thing and Instagram TV. Um, and now, like, we're learning that the consumer, you know, and the watcher, the viewers, they're not really watching TV anymore. It's, it's Everything is very bite-sized. It's got to be on their phone. You know, we're adding closed captioning because people don't listen to their phone. They actually just, like, watch the videos. And so, like, those little things that I had <laughs> picked up and learned, um, I was able to bring to this environment where, like, people weren't, know like, they weren't used to that. They were looking at TV broadcast and like big screens. And it's like, no, 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 tiny screen. And I'm watching it on the train on my way to work. I think it was something as simple as you telling me that you were teaching people like, hey, you're, you're doing production for sort of a vertical medium now, right? Like, yep. the, uh, you know, the, the phone, as much as we would love it in the industry to be a 16 by nine thing, you can rotate the phone. Yep. Most people operate it, not rotate it. So, um, so in that nine by 16 world, like, what can you do with that? And I remember you were advising some people just like, well, you can shoot for this or like just double up the video and like cut the pieces yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at one point I even uh, created kind of like a, a mock template like that you can throw over to like, let's get our shots up first, knowing that, you know, the chat takes up a third of the screen. So like anything that you're putting down there is like, it's gone. Sure. Yeah. If I, if I remember, it took you like, I'm going to say a week. Yeah, yeah. Not a little thing. Because I, I, I was sitting in a, an environment like this where there was a camera pointing at me yeah. to make sure I was like lined up. And then I was like making the lines and like just going back and forth by myself in, in this studio. I just want to finish that because my brain took way longer to adapt. So when she was done with her template, it was actually the last day of refining it where I wanted to test it. We were here on a, on a smaller table. Because okay. this was just an insert studio at the time. Mm -hmm. We were in Thinking Podcast. And I said, you know what? Let's do the two of us to see how two heads. Because Samantha was thinking, I don't know how you could do a two shot. It's going to be hard. But let, So I said, let's see. And I framed it. And then when I... I oh, sorry about that. Live podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so when frame I frame framed the camera oh. for the two shot, and then... Samantha was saying, it's no good. I was like, what are you talking about? I can look right at it. It's, it's perfect. She goes, no, look at the template. And I had half her head and half my head because <laughs> I framed for 16 by 9. Yeah, yeah. you framed for the full frame video. So let's turn the dial back and, and bounce over to you because there's going to be... Wait, um, Samantha, with her previous job before she was unemployed, you weren't you were on a lot of sets already. It wasn't like you were new to production but it wasn't right. like moving I, cameras so, and that framing yeah yeah i was doing all post-production and i was working with um first with nike and we had a production team so i was going on set to be more of the creative point of view to make sure that we were getting the shots that we wanted but i wasn't again like i wasn't really behind the camera i'd be like yeah, yeah that looks good 
let's make sure we get X, Y, and Z. Um, and it was, and it was all, yeah. And it was all post-produced. So like we would get all the shots, all the raw things, but then the creative agency would take them home and, and make all the magic happen. So production wasn't new to her, just the, the behind the scene part of it, not even behind the scene. That's not right. Operating the equipment, not just over operating the equipment. And it's, it's such different equipment, right? So like, it's it's not, this isn't a DSLR and like, you know, right. Or prime lens and. Let's do it over. And there's no do over. And even, even like, you know, Adobe, you know, Adobe Premiere and all those kinds of things. Like I wasn't touching those things. I was just, you know, getting the raw footage and mm-hmm. letting someone else do that. And even in, in this environment, we don't do a whole lot of post-production work. No. We try to keep it as live as possible. I would. Yeah. If I never had to do another post shot again, I would be very, very happy. Um, but I, I do want to do that turn back on. Like I said, let's turn back the dial because I want I want the contrast here. So what's your start Jose like what's that what's that period like getting uh, uh started in the industry that time frame and then there's a follow-up question that I think is going to lead into which is like when's when you started doing it to when you were doing it for money because that's a actually, actually gigantic were, okay. leap in terms of like what was your primary career yeah. for a while so it's not it's not I wouldn't use that phrase it's more of a part-time extra money start to switching to full-time because uh, so early, my first stuff was uh, all kind of flying 3D logos. So I was all just 3D rendering, 3D animations okay. for TV. Okay. Um, and when I say TV, uh, commercials or small production stuff, not for the broadcasters. Um, and so we're talking 1992. Okay. Till. And I, and I continue to do that, but so I we're expanded. in 2021, so that's 30 years ago. 30 years ago, right. right. So so we're talking about a, the 30-year difference compared to a two-year difference. Yep. Right? A, a difference of perspective and things. And, and something that I certainly encounter all the time, and I'm sure Sam does, is just like how little perspective changes for a lot of people when that's when their arc to coming into this. Mm-hmm. Because they look at that still from the lens of what they were taught and what's there versus not – I don't even know if they are teaching like the contemporary aspects of production at the full scape today with things like social media, but that it's a difference in perspective just in like, hey, this is the way the content is consumable now. Whether or not it was a standard to be consumed, like this is just the way it's being done now. And it's right. as simple as something like we were talking earlier about getting new chairs and, and uh, you know, a lot of all bro- broadcasts don't like the backs of chairs showing. Right. And, and I'm fine with the and, chairs. And I just said, I was like, every Twitch streamer has the back of their chair sponsored, <laughs> showcasing and everything. So it's no, it's just what right. the what the person at home is viewing has changed. So so that so, so that was '92, and it's a 3D graphics and a big chunk of your background was in that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so it's just luck. I didn't plan it, but school for me was traditional broadcasts, switchers. DVDs, tape, uh, gen locking all the cameras, a thing that is unknown about now or unheard of, uh, time delay, line delays, so so that the cameras all come in at the same time. <laughs> the length of the cable has to be equal. Right. So you have to add or subtract. and You never subtract. You just add length to the time. So, But once I left school, Right. Um, I didn't have access to all that equipment. Right, because you went to more telecom stuff. Right, right. right. I was uh, more engineering and RF engineering. Uh, 
Right. Um, so the part-time was this, but because it was part-time work and I needed to, uh, I didn't need to earn the money, but the quality had to be good enough to garner a pay. Sure. So I had to invest a lot of money, but it was all computer-based. Like the only hardware I bought back then was a, a giant frame accurate VTR, which was like gigantic. Like, I don't even know if you remember it, but I, when I rendered something overnight, it would uh, render frame by frame, and all through the night you hear it, clack, 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 because it was going forward and back to, to line yeah. the, the frames in, but the relays, it was really, it, it felt Wild. like it was. Yeah. Somebody uh, knocking on the door. Wow. Um, but that was it. Everything was computer-based. Yeah. And the number one software back then was what I was using was a video toaster. Certainly. For its Lightwave 3D. Yeah. Free that, the stuff that we're using today. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's the luck part. That my ramp up to where I said, all right, you know what? I need to do this full time. And uh, the first TriCaster and all of that. Uh, I was already, you know, leap and, and bounds ahead of most people because I was already on the software track. Sure. I was not the traditionalist. I was trained traditionally, but I, I, I was lucky enough to go that awkward roundabout path to get lucky. I uh, I, I want to talk about luck and what you said. And, and uh, a quote I heard from from somebody, uh, he was a, he's a part of game journalism at the time, a guy named Drew Scanlon. Uh, talked about his path to getting into production. And one of the things he said is that I was doing a lot of things. And I think in a lot of ways I often say this, you kind of create your own luck. I think people think of luck like right now the Powerball is popping off. And it's like, oh, you might get lucky. Right. And yeah, for the lottery, you might get lucky. And, there, and, and, and it isn't to say that like you could have all the tools and be overlooked. But part of getting that, you know, where, where, where luck, where people might just see luck, it is that opportunity meeting the ability to do so and sam your clear cut version of this where okay the circumstances were unfortunate but when something else came you kind of you know someone could say you got lucky to be in those positions and certainly but you also had enough of a tool set and just general purpose drive to going back to a story we've told previously to then be showing guys up with uh, PTZ control on a <laughs> on an Xbox controller and no, turning like, heads, yeah. <laughs> or, or 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 you know those those prominent moments for you. So uh, I I think about luck and I want to ask you, you know, what what are the influences that drive you to continue to do this? Like what is what are the what are the reasons why you continue to? Because we know why you got your start, right? But you know, there's no contract you're tied to right and a lot of people that's scary for a lot of people yeah, yeah. right and, and you're doing the freelance work but the benefit is that you want to as far as i can tell you seem happy you seem like what is going on we're trying to do cooler newer things but like what keeps you driving what keeps you driven to keep going back yeah, to yeah. So, absolutely so it's definitely some of the things you mentioned right the flexibility i i get to kind of be my own boss to an extent right i can choose to take work or not take work um I can, you know, plan my vacations and like not really ask anybody. Like, if I want to take off a couple of days, I I can decide to block my calendar. I don't have to ask for permission. Um, and the same thing with content, right? Like, I worked for companies and like I had these ideas that I thought were great and I was really excited about them. And then they would get shot down because it was like, well, that's not what we do. And it's like, yeah, but we're trying to think outside of the box. You keep telling me to push the envelope, but when I do you don't like the idea because it's not what we traditionally do. Um, and I, I, you know, when it comes to creativity, obviously we have clients that we have to make happy, but 
when we come up with something creative, they're like, what? You can do that? Like, right. yeah, let's do it. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Every time, every time the envelope gets pushed, every time you expand the, the viewpoint and say, we should be able to do more, or how can we do more? I think everything benefits. And, and we talk about the stagnation of current content. I think you said it earlier, like everything's bite-sized. The w- people aren't watching TV traditionally, at least not in the mm. same ways. And so you have to continue to attack that model. Um, e- even in, you know, I look at some of the esports leagues and, and their continuation despite COVID, they, they had to shift to cloud platforms, things like that. And they really sort of pushed upon what they were able to do. And they have, they have really great productions, like they're adding more to it. You got to you got to continue to reinvent the wheel. You have to evolve. Yeah. What what so so like- on the flip side of this and again we're talking about this transition and change in time like you have a very different angle on why you continue to do this because from my experience it's not just the fun of the work necessarily. A lot of it is the fun of the work. Though. Okay. But but the, the I get the most fun right when I when I'm my brain is being taxed to either develop a new workflow because uh, we we need to handle something at a higher level. Like I like being pushed. Yeah. It, that's what drives me. Something simple doesn't thrill me anymore. I do it, but it feels like work. Okay, but I, I, I would say, and, and, and this is my idea, not necessarily your opinion, um, the bigger driver for you is to like get people doing it. Yeah, that's your, that's your, true. Your biggest driver is actually that's, teaching that, people how to do it. That's true. That's like you do it and you like it, but if you could, ideally, you would just be teaching people and then literally cherry picking the most complex ones, because that is what's going to drive you to build something new. Correct. And then you can then say, "Hey, now everyone can benefit from the complexity because we're going to simplify right. it easy." Like you heard it for the first time, and Samantha heard it plenty of times last year. Uh, excuse me, uh, t- 2019. Okay. She heard it at the start. And I always say, listen to what I'm saying and don't say yes, listen to it. And you don't have to say yes or no, but there will be a time when you could say yes is because what I said makes sense <laughs> or you say no because what I said makes no sense because that's when I know you're starting to grasp it. And if you don't have it perfect, it's because I haven't given you all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, you two are already there. It's very rare. Yeah, I, I want to say, yeah. like, at least for me, I think my understanding of the technology and our production workflows have evolved, like, in a crazy speed to the point where, like, we recently had a conversation where I was explaining something to you, <laughs> and you said yes to me, and I was like, exactly, and you were like, no, wait, wait what did you say? Yeah, I, said, I literally <laughs> said, wait, I said yes, but I don't know what you just said. And I was like, right, I'm like, being honest, say that again. So, so it, yeah, it came it's to come be full like full circle, but you've you've been doing that for a while now. But uh, 2019, I'm gonna say by June, Samantha was already saying yes. By September, she would say start saying the no's. Right. In 2020, it was lots of either say it again or lots of no's. Lots of no's. Only because she had a, such an understanding that she had a difference of not an opinion, but a different idea of maybe doing the workflow. Yep. And, it, and I had to take a moment and say, that's not wrong, but look, I'll re-explain why we do this and let's remember that. Or you're right. I think from you to I, too, there's a lot of differentiation in workflow mm-hmm. in that I, I uh, you know, I work in sometimes a smaller pool and want to work a certain way. And, and occasionally you're, you'll be 
uh, so like I'm always like NDI, 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 like everything. Like I don't want to touch anything else because it's all possible in there. And, uh, and that manifests in little ways of just like, you know, I want everything macrotized. I don't ever want to be like manually switching cameras for me is so out of it that when we did our first two shows, we had the, I had my, my screen set up here <laughs> that I was just going through and doing some changes right. and I had its own issues, but we had a conversation that I was coming back from, a, from, uh, from my work and I was stuck on uh, the George Washington bridge or something like that. And I was like, traffic, I called you up. I said, traffic has me on here for another 30 minutes. And then it's an hour and a half till I get home. Let's talk. And I had you go from like a 96 macro show that I was like, there's just no way. There's yeah. no way it can be that complex. Right. I think I got you to half it. And even then I was trying to fight for more, but that right. was after you went back to the drawing board and right. like thought, and, and, that's, and that's just like the difference in our two perspectives. Yeah, and, and it was a lot to do with the conversation that I had to go back and look at it and just right off the top found redundancies. It was just redundancy. So my way was almost, uh, uh, this is the next step. This is the next step. This is, I had a macro for every step. Mm. Not analyzing saying step one, step 17, 24, 73, and let's say 96 are identical. There's repeating factors. That I would just say uh, macro one, macro one, macro one for those steps, right? right. Yeah. Well, yeah. like what's my ideal? I've, I've taught you what, what, I, what I would like my ideal show to be is what, what's that setup? I've, I've, I've given you this visual many times, a reference to The Simpsons. Yeah. The, the, the difference before we go into that is before COVID, it was very hard for me to implement things I would even know were better because it's a whole crew with other things involved. Right. That's true. Right. But since COVID, like our world here is all cutting edge. Mm -hmm. If it's uh, a, if there's a technology here, we're using it. It's the best for the job. It has yeah. nothing to do with old and new. Yeah, it is the best. You see XLR cables. Yeah, right. But they convert to Dante. But I don't have a Dante mic where I can put a Cat Six into, right? Right. So, right. But our cameras are all NDI. Yeah, BTZs. Right. I can think uh, like. Uh, to Chris's point, like I, I like macros as well. Like I'm really macro heavy. Um, and I think we just know how to make our lives easier because I was at a client's uh, show recently and I just did some automation. I configured, you know, my outputs to once it goes live, it, it hits play, it does all of this or it stops it once it's off the air. And they were like, oh, you're getting fancy. I was like, no, I'm just like making, <laughs> all I get is hit one button now instead of like three. Right, like, so that's what I was getting to. One of my, my ideal is the Simpsons, Homer is working from home on a computer terminal and he has a little red bird that fills up with liquid oh, and it goes down and hits the button. <laughs> that that would be my ideal is to like literally have it all entirely on one button. Samantha it's not did a one button possible, show but once, you by can, the way. Yeah, yeah. One button I, I've done like, some one button shows. Uh, you could one button uh, uh, that production that we were doing with uh, um, the um, Memorial Sloan Kettering. Oh. Because you could just cut through those cameras. She and, didn't do that one, but yeah, you're right. Because for a while, and, and, and here was like... It's a lot of like the, the film school. Okay, yeah. They, you will appreciate this entirely, Sam. They were doing a production not live. Like, they had every camera but it was recorded. Live. But it was live. But they were yeah. they were treating it... But live they to tape, They only cared yeah. about the tape part. And, and, and for a while... Like the documentary side of it, they didn't care about the live stream side of it. Okay. They had someone quarterbacking me to cut and they were like uh all right take the camera two okay the camera two guys changing his tape out it's camera one guy changing his tape out so i'll go back to camera one 
That would be the one cut I would make oh, the wow. whole show <laughs> an hour and a half. And so like I just got bored. I, w- I would I would get sleepy. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, not that they occasionally had a compelling talks, but not all the time. And and I I always think about that, and I I know that you think about that too. Definitely. And something that happened yesterday. And, uh, I don't know if you caught this, but this was something I legitimately asked you to, which was, hey, you've done so much smart design, from my experience. If you were going to design this entire space to serve your needs, what were some of the things that you would take? Because I'm often a guy who's like, do what we need to do to get the job done and move forward. Yeah. So like running the cable down the middle of the, the, the carpet here Absolutely. is no bother to me because I could just pull it out. But purpose design building or, or some smart stuff is a thing that I often see you, you come in, in handy with. I so, think that we're definitely going that way right so like we we talked about last time how like this space is going to be capable of having two control rooms simultaneously running um and the one out here because we use it as our office space we were using it for the podcast like it has to be something that can be packed away easily and and pulled out easily and so like we're working on that with the cart and you know the floating monitors and like to make everything second on this comment You've done a lot of your work in the New York City tri-state area, predominantly, a little bit of work in L.A. Big, big budgets, big, big control rooms. Would you say the square footage we have to do what you just said, to have two control rooms in here, is bigger than or smaller than most of the total production (laughs) spaces you've been in? It's definitely smaller than, you know, there's usually... A lot more monitors, a lot like a lot more people, and and just and occasionally it, it becomes like too many hands into in the jar. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I want to ask a question based on that same line. I'm going to say it a different way because okay. I know we're a smaller space, yep. but compared to those other places you've been, are we more flexible, more functional, more feature based than those guys? Um. I think what they have on us is obviously the budget, right? So, like, we work mm-hmm. with, you know, PTZ cameras, and they've got the crazy 4K. Like, mm-hmm. they have those, like, crazy cool gadgets that you, like, just kind of want to have because they're cool and, like, mm-hmm. they're extra. Like, they right. are, they're over the top. But as far as what we can do in here, absolutely. Like, obviously, they call us in because... Because of that. Because they don't know, like, all right, we need to do this show. We need someone who can actually make that workflow happen. It is pretty crazy. How even Even with all the training I've done... I am still a higher gun. And now I have a, a, an associate higher gun. That's not always been like that, though. You've, you've, this, this is a, this is a, a, a churn. I was like that at the start. And then I trained a lot of people. That's the thing. You, you've churned. And they were able to, yes, fill the job. But something happened where people said, wow, you know what? We could really take this to the next level. And that's what made certain people nervous about not using the top. And it's just, uh, uh, I don't even know what the right word is, um, but they don't have... Confidence. Confidence. There's no confidence. A lot of yeah. people yeah. are scared. And That's it, the right it, word. it comes down to the technology, right? Like, we have confidence in the technology, and we have the knowledge, and, like, we know how to troubleshoot, where it's, like, they know their specific workflows, um, but if networking-wise something's not working, they don't know how to troubleshoot that. They don't know how to, like, figure that out, especially because it's no longer a line that you can pull and say, oh, it's a bad cable. Like, it could right. be something completely different. It could be that you're just overloading your switch. and Think, it, Things are getting a little bit different outside of people's knowledge base. Right. Um, My favorite is, let's restart the system. Why? Why are you restarting the system? So, somehow people got that in their mind that's the only way forward. And, and uh uh, yeah, oftentimes doesn't help in the current space. I think in the IP space, you're not restarting the right device. If you're like, oh no, that's the computer, a, that's a whole other story, right? Uh, that's why I always ask why, and they go, oh, we we just do that. I was like, that's not logical. Yeah, 
we're running down towards the end here and I want to keep us timely okay. because we're trying to keep things consumable. But speaking of ambition, speaking of the things you guys do to date, as quick as you can think of it, most ambitious production you've been on. Most ambitious production I've been on. Uh... I can lead you into say the most ambitious thing I did was when I was doing a, an esports event, I uh, configured a number panel on a USB key to send commands to a TriCaster so I could create my own like simplified replay package because I noticed that the show wasn't doing replay the last time I did it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. Worst case, it doesn't work. And I just go do the normal show. It was an easy show for me. Yeah. And I did it. And the director, the, 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 excuse me, the head of the production, two guys met with me the night after. So I did my entire show. I was doing replays in it. And I had uh, professional casters, something that's foreign to you guys. No, but that was a big People show. who like really give a damn about the show were like, you could do a replay. We want to replay every time. Yeah, we'll do it. And so I did it. And then at the end of the show, I got taken aside and they said, Hey, did you, did you incorporate a replay into this? And I was like, yeah, you know, I figured I would try something different. They're like, it's amazing. Never do it again. And I was like, what? Did I do something wrong? They were like, no, uh, we just didn't really spell this out. I know you're sort of new to the team. We have a paid version of the stream, and that's where the replays are, and you did it on the free stream. Oh, wow. so that was the most ambitious thing, accidentally. Yeah, yeah. Like, didn't even know that I was going to ruffle feathers. But it got you in all the other I did a lot more after that. that. So, a so, lot more. So what would you think? And you, question's coming to you after her. What do you think is the most ambitious thing you could say to date? The thing that you felt the most pressure, most work into? Um, definitely. So I mean, recently in the COVID world, um, I was working for a client, and I did a giant conference for the NAACP. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it was all Zoom-based, um, but it was also, I, w I had to cater to two audiences because there were the delegates that could watch in the Zoom webinar, but then I was oh. also live streaming it, so we had to bring together the two components, especially for interaction, like, because people had to be able to ask questions. They were voting on, like, um, and amendments and things like that. And so like we had to have interaction from both directions. So yeah. I, my live stream viewers had to be able to interact, but then there were also delegates that were in the webinar that had to interact. So I had to send the video to both places and deal with the lip sync and make sure everything was like firing off at the right time so that it was live for both audiences. Yeah. Like you always want to do things right, but the magnitude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you? What would you say is your most ambitious to date? Man, I, I draw a blank. I don't I don't know. There's been so many fun things, high end things. Um the first time I did that ninety six macro show. Yeah, I would say that's probably that was a that was but, a big But the there. first first time, only because standard edition, Samantha's favorite version. <laughs> but uh, so standard. we're talking about so we're talking about the software. I had, I had, a, I had a thing so out was, of the box. Backward, was, so those macros were different base. Yeah. It was Basically, you had three layers on an ME, right? Which was a virtual input, right? And I was trying to do like five things per. And you're essentially redoing the config file, right? Like, I, if you're it, gonna send a macro, it was very, very it's, out it's, it's, it's the a, box. It's a, it's a much different experience, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I and was then the following year is when you even said that you had to do that last time. I don't see how you're doing it this time because. That right, I had right. already had, I could re-enter ME. Yeah, yeah. It's I had so much more horsepower, and I, I looked at it, and then forget about even reanalyze. I was like, oh god damn, excuse my language, but this is repeated. I think in a year, if your production has not gotten easier, you have not taken a time to look at the technology correctly. I think that's just like a general purpose thing. If something can start hard, 
But if you leave it hard, I think that is one of those great, uh, what would you say? It's like one of those points of just being like, you're like satisfied being discomfortable, like uncomfortable. Me, like, I definitely am. Like, I, I love to be on that. No, no, no. I'm edge. saying, but you don't stay there. No, it, no, it that's is, what drives it's, me it's, to it's, get you. You past start there, it. but I'm saying if if you if you go if you do a production and it's hard the first time, that's okay. That's that's these are the jitters that you go right. through. But a year later, if you're doing that repeat business, or even if you're just going to that San Diego because it's a yearly conference and you have made no thoughts and efforts and you do it exactly the same hard way, for me that is like one of those things that if every production person could change, we would all jump forward. I'm always on this idea that like we're all being held back by like. The communal idea that it doesn't have to get better when like i i, I always say like let's push like yeah let's do another so, th why, why keep it this way one of my new it's not so new you've probably heard it older but i it was like almost my mantra uh 2019 and definitely 2020 if you have to think about what button to press you're already too late you should be thinking about the show you should already have your workflow laid out that shouldn't be if you you aren't working smart. Yeah. Uh, as we're wrapping this up here, because we went a little long, not too long, a little long. That's all right. Um, and we talked about ambition, Sam. Thinking about thinking about ambition, what is the knowing what you have achieved in such a small time? <laughs> this is a very tough question, so I, I, I it might take a little bit. What do you think? Like, what do you want to challenge yourself to do? Oh, challenge. Ooh. I thought is what does she want to be? I said she wants to be doing <laughs> remote shows out of LA. I, 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 why not? That, yeah, well, so uh, that could be it. I think there's no difference. Yeah, being able to do shows completely remotely, um, definitely. And for me, I think uh, a challenge or something I, I want to kind of step into is also stepping into the producer side of things because I think my knowledge from my social media, you know, environment yeah. and background, plus this, you know, I, I think I could create. Plus you're very a, well organized. Yeah, I, I think I cre could create a better show, better graphics for shows, like, because I, I know all of the pieces now, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not just the producer with a vision that, like, doesn't make any sense or is, like, really complicated. I have the technical know-how of how it, I can actually execute it. Pandora's box has been unlocked in some <laughs> respects. Uh, Pops, to you... Two things. Now that you brought it up, uh, Burgos West. Before COVID, that was it, high. A lot of things were put in motion that almost happened if it wasn't for COVID. But but virtualization helps that. But but more realistically, what is but that, yeah that that changed everything. Yeah, yeah. What is something you're thinking to challenge as the year rolls on? Technically or professionally? Whatever you you define that. Professionally, um, to find a way to train more people yeah, and get people that maybe would never think about doing it, you know, that type of, uh, yeah. uh yeah. um, also empowerment, literal empowerment. Yeah. Um, and then technically, um, breaking the layer limits of what a TriCaster can presently do, especially when it comes to the, the virtual set world type of thing with eSport gaming, world as my barometer to achieve yeah. is uh, um, flexing Unreal Engine and NDI to be able to have at least a full 32 player multi-box breaking the eight layer on an emulator. Sure, module. sure, yeah. That, that, is, that is, I think, uh, a, a very concrete... Uh, it's already doable, but to no, make no, no, it but it's a very concrete... Workflow 
Uh, yeah, I think that's tough. Like a lot of people barely conceive that, right? A lot of people in the box. So uh, I want to thank you guys for taking a little bit of time on the Saturday. And uh, I think our next episode is going to be a technical episode. We're going to sort of bounce between different things. Yep. Right. This is more Absolutely. sort of a, the flavor behind it. And so this is a request. And I think our next episode we're probably going to get into is going to be around uh, what we might call beginner audio in a, in a digital perspective. Beginner audio, but it's also uh, understanding how you could do audio on a TriCaster efficiently. Just really, just understanding it. Yeah, but and and just like kind of how we've put it into effect, right? Especially yeah. with right. this So COVID not in a route. vacuum. Yeah. It's not like textbook examples. <laughs> how you would use it to be effective in a production. Well, with that said, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks right. for tuning in.